What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the MLB Early Bird Podcast for the September 4th slate of baseball action. As we are here to break down the show, of course, as always, we are sponsored by Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. We've been telling you about Yahoo and some of the great leagues they have over there. We'll tell you a little bit more as we go on throughout this show. But Adam, as always, uh, great to chat a little baseball with you. As uh, you know, we, we've got uh, several early games tomorrow, but they're all double headers. So we are going to be concentrating on the main slate that does start at seven ten. A nine game slate. Uh, obviously, uh, all the platforms have their pricing out. Uh, anything immediately jump out to you when you looked at the pricing? Um, looks like some pretty solid pitching in general no real i i guess you know no, no like um you know scherzer level aces but some, some good pitching at the top high strikeout guys that you can pay for and then a pretty decent mid-range with some upside too no game in course field which is always something that i enjoy at least so it, i think it should be a, a pretty fun a pretty fun slate you don't gotta worry about the giants throwing up a uh three touchdown and, and uh safety on you yeah yeah exactly <laughs> I don't know if you saw the tweet the Rockies had the other day. They were like, yeah, that sucked. Yeah, normally something positive to say, but that sucked. <laughs> yeah, that that that's one of those things I'm like, I'm wondering, the social media manager, did they have to go above their head to like, you know, general manager or someone go, hey, is it cool if I put the tweet out this way? <laughs> yeah, that's definitely one of those things where, I, like, I, I, I would be, like, uncomfortable in that position because – it's like, what can you say? What can't you say? I would say they either ask permission or they've been doing that job for a while and they know they have some leash. I would hope if you put that tweet out without getting approval that you know you got a little bit of a leash because yeah, exactly. that could be a thing. You piss off the wrong person in your organization with that tweet. You may be out of a job. <laughs> you know, but man, that's, uh, that was a great tweet. I mean, great tweet there. But, uh, you know, of course, uh, we've got a nine-game slate. Uh, before we get into the slate, I do want to let you know about our sponsor, Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. They are the most trusted name in fantasy sports. They now include CSV Upload and CSV Edit Features. For those looking to play multiple lines, make better choices, choose Yahoo Daily Fantasy. And our first game of the night is going to be the Phillies and the Mets going for the Phillies. Uh, will be Jake Arietta going for the Mets is Rick Porcello. Rick Porcello, $27 on Yahoo. Does that intrigue you at all? Yeah, uh, basically close to the minimum price there. I personally don't 
think Porcello is that good of a pitcher, and I think the Phillies are a, real, are, are a good offense. So it's not like it's a spot where I'm targeting, but at that particular price point, he's better than a minimum salary pitcher. You know, not sure entirely how necessary it will be since there are plenty of pitching options on this slate, and you know, you can always find some value with bats amongst 18 lineups as well. But uh, just you know, kind of in a in a vacuum, you shouldn't have Porcello at the minimum salary or close to it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, even if you're, you know, say on DraftKings as an SP two, I mean, he's seventy three hundred. Jake Harris is sixty nine hundred. I mean, gotta imagine that, uh, you know, when I get up on Friday morning and I start looking at our ownership projection and our, and our top pitchers tool, neither one of these guys are going to be up there. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. I mean, the the salaries on DraftKings aren't really that appealing. Neither matchups appealing. Both these teams have an implied run total right now between four and a half and five. Neither pitcher is a great strikeout pitcher. Um, also, Arietta going up against a bunch of lefties here, which can be a problem for him as well. The Mets have plenty of left-handed power too. Um, just you know, neither, neither guy really in that good of a spot. I don't think coming into this game, um, Porcello comes in with an eighteen and a half percent strikeout percentage. Jake Arietta, I have to go to page two on Fangraphs. It looks like uh, he's at sixteen point two percent. Just neither one's a guy that you're going to be excited for when you have eighteen pitchers to choose from. You mentioned about the implied run total and just looking at some of the DK salaries we have there. If you just look at the top two salaries are both from the Phillies uh, of Bryce Hopper, 6,100, JT Rio Muto, 5,200, Conforto, 4,800, Hoskins, 4,600, Cano, 4,600. Um, as you think about stacking, I mean, is there a path to stack the Phillies? Yeah, I think so. It's not not saying it's my favorite stack because, you know, I don't think Porcello's great, but I don't think he's terrible either. But as far as the salaries, I don't think that'll really be a deal, a deal breaker because looking at the pricing on DraftKings, you know, as I said at the top, you have those arms at the top, but you also have a couple of value arms that we'll get to that uh, I, I think actually will be good raw point plays, not just guys that you kind of can stick in your lineup and hope for the best, you know, guys that you actually kind of like at the bottom. So I, I don't think that expensive bats will really be a problem from a roster construction standpoint. I think you'll be able to pretty much build your your lineups however you want uh, to get to whatever offenses you want. Yeah, especially when you look at some of those Mets bats, you know, in in the lower 4K range, you know, in DraftKings, you look at a Pete Alonzo, a Nemo, they're both 4,300, um, you know, Davis 4,000. I mean, they could, who knows, maybe maybe the Mets become a popular stack tomorrow. Yeah, I could definitely see it playing out that way. It, even if um, it's not popular full stacks, I think maybe you see some popular mini stacks, like two-mans and three-mans, because the salaries, like you said, aren't really that expensive. And when you look at Jake Arrieta, he doesn't really he doesn't strike guys out anymore like he used to, but he's also very susceptible to left-handed power. Going back to last season, he's allowed a 2.24 ISO to lefties compared to only 1.22 to righties. This year, it's a 2.44 ISO to lefties, 1.53 to righties. So you're seeing those splits again, where he does a much better job of keeping the ball in the park and you know keep hitters from driving it when he's facing same-handed hitters. But now you're going to have Brandon Nimmo, who has a lot of power. Conforto has power. Dom Smith, Robinson Cano, Jeff McNeil. These are some dangerous left-handed bats that have the platoon advantage against Arietta. So I think that you will see just some, you know, I, I think the, the Mets in general will be a, a good stack, but also you can stack other teams and then just mix in, you know, one, two or three of, of Nimmo, Conforto, McNeil, Cano, like all these guys are going to look pretty good against Jake Arietta. 
Next up, we got the Brewers and the Indians. Corbin Burns slated to go for the Brewers. Carlos Carrasco scheduled to go for the Indians. Of course, after a couple of, of, of rough starts there for Carlos Carrasco, came back, had a great performance in his last one against the Cardinals, uh, pitching six innings, six strikeouts, only two walks, uh, 85 pitches, You know, scored 23 points. On DraftKings, on the other side, you got Corbin Burns. Uh, I guess are are you are you back on the Carlos Carrasco train? Yeah, I, I'm interested at least to some extent in both of these pitchers. I, I'm really curious to see where ownership projections come in through in the morning and throughout the day because I think that both pitchers have really high ceilings, but you could also I think there's some risk for both pitchers, particularly for Burns more so than Carrasco. Um, but but I think that you could see ownership be kind of low just depending on on kind of how it gets distributed to other guys like for it for instance if a lot of the field's going to you darvish at 11k who's been great this year has uh you know been a, a great strikeout pitcher this year and, and great in general that's going to take ownership away from carrasco so i'm interested to see kind of how that shakes out because the brewers have been a team that you can pick up a lot of strikeouts against coming into this start carrasco has a 29.4 percent strikeout percentage this year which obviously is excellent he does have an 11 percent walk percentage which is a problem and he's allowed one and a half home runs per nine so again it's kind of like if you if you look at him you look at darvish Darvish has been the better pitcher, no no question about it. The strikeout percentage is a little bit higher. The walk percentage is way lower, and he's not giving up home runs. But if people kind of get carried away with that and and disproportionately go to Darvish, you get the same kind of ceiling from Carlos Carrasco in a really good spot against the Brewers. Uh, Corbin Burns, I was all over him in his last start primarily because it was against the Pirates more than anything else. But, uh, you know, even if you go back a couple of starts ago when he pitched against the Twins, which obviously we know how good that Twins offense is, you know, he had, uh, you know, five strikeouts in that game, still scored 16 points in that game. So, I mean, look, if you, as an SP2 at 8,000 on DK, I, I like that value there. Yeah, I, I like I said, I'm really interested in the ownership here because – it's a tough matchup against Cleveland. Obviously, this is a lineup that that has a lot of really good hitters in it. As you get toward the bottom of the order, you, you get some strikeouts as well. But you know, a lot of left-handed power here, and at the top and, and in the middle, you know, guys like Ramirez, Lindor, and, and Santana, pretty tough to get strikeouts there. So, if there's a lot of ownership going to Burns, I won't be too hesitant to just find another pitcher that I like. But I think it's more likely that ownership is relatively low on him. Not saying that he's you know sub 5% or anything, but I think it'll be kept in check by the tough matchup. And he's a pitcher that just really, really intrigues me because I think he's really talented. And last year when he came up, you saw him just absolutely dominate right-handed hitters, struck out a little bit over 38%. The problem was that he just had nothing to throw against lefties that could get them out. He only struck out 18.5% of lefties last year. He, he allowed a 373 ISO to which obviously is ridiculous. Um, but he's come out this year. He's got a cut fastball that he didn't throw last year. He's now throwing it 36% of the time to lefties. It has a 16.5% swinging strike percentage on it. And that's led him to really balance out his strikeout splits. So, uh, so far this season, he's actually struck out 35.1% of lefties and 35.1% of righties. His expected ISO to lefties is 171 this year compared to 274 last year. So he's doing a much better job in terms of uh, the, the quality of contact and balls put in play against him as well. So I think the ceiling is extraordinarily high. It's just that it's a tough matchup. But my hope would be that the matchup drives ownership down and that you can get to this. You can try and get the ceiling at relatively low ownership. In terms of looking at the hitters in this game, of course, we always talk about the Indians infield, but you got to pay up for those Indians infield. Also, you got some high-priced Brewers bats as well. I mean, as you look at the the hitting side of this game, uh, do you have a favorite bat? 
It would be I'd still if I'm looking to, to hitting here, I would look to left handed power on the Indians just because while I do think Burns is significantly better this year than last year, you're still talking about a handful of starts that you're making that conclusion based off of. So there is still some some chance that, you know, maybe he goes back to struggling and you obviously just have really good hitters there. So I think Lindor is probably my favorite because the shortstop position generally isn't that strong and he's he's obviously really good. Ramirez would be right behind him. But in general, this is just a game where I'm I'm much more interested in the pitching than the hitting. And something you should know, Justin Smoke was designated for assignment on Thursday. So, uh, you know, when, when you're building your, your lineups, think about kind of how that's going to affect the Brewers lineup. Yeah, they, they replaced him with Dan Vogelbach, who I'm not sure if he'll be with the team or not. Uh, so if, if Vogelbach is with the team, it basically just replaces one high upside, one high strikeout guy with power with a different high strikeout guy with power. If Vogelbach's not with the team, you probably just get a little bit safer lineup because you don't have that power bat in there. Uh, next up, we got the White Sox and the Royals. Brady Singer scheduled to go for the Royals. Dane Dooning scheduled to go for the White Sox. Uh, Dooning $30 on Yahoo. Singer $29. Yeah, I think that both of these guys have at least a little bit of interest. Um, Dunning is the one that I'm much, much, much more interested in. He's got the more favorable matchup going against the White Sox, or sorry, going against the, the Royals. We know that the White Sox are a very dangerous offense, and, and it can get ugly pretty quickly for Brady Singer. Uh, but Dunning, only 5800 on DraftKings. Uh, you mentioned, I think, $30 on Yahoo. So really, really cheap price points there. Uh, not very good offense for Kansas City. Only a 4.1 implied run total. Through his first two starts, uh, Dane Dunning has been great, and he's not – He's not a, a top of the rotation prospect for Chicago, but he is expected to, you know, to, to be a starting pitcher in, in the major leagues. He's a, a solid pitching prospect, was part of the Adam Eaton trade along with Lucas Giolito and Reynaldo Lopez. He went four and, four and a third against Detroit his first time out, struck out seven, went five innings against Kansas City his last time out, struck out another seven. He's thrown 73 and 79 pitches. So you're not expecting six innings. You're not expecting 100 pitches out of him. But if he can give you around 80 pitches, give you five innings, at 5,800, that's still going to be – uh, a pretty nice projection. Uh, the only thing that I, I point out is that there is one other pitcher at this price point on DraftKings that I think is even better than, than Dunning. But um, he was one of the pitchers that I was alluding to earlier where I think he's going to project for a, a pretty decent raw score. It's not just one of these guys where you're saying, oh, he's in the 5Ks, you know, hopefully I get 10 points and can move on. Like I think he's actually going to project as a, a solid option. Because of his price point, as you look at ownership, is there does there become a point where you say, okay, that's just too much ownership? I, I think on it's slate dependent, but on this slate, I would say yes. Because like I said, you have Yusei Kikuchi at 5,700 facing Texas. I assume that more ownership is going to go to Kikuchi than to Dunning. But if it doesn't, like if you get if ownership comes out and it's like thirty percent to both or forty percent to Dunning and twenty percent to Kikuchi or something, I would say yeah, the ownership's too high there because I would I would rather be going to Kikuchi. Um, so so it is something I'll be keeping an eye on, especially just kind of comparing it between those two. But in you know as a whole, I think he's just underpriced here. Yeah, I mean looking at the the DK salaries for the White Sox hitters, obviously. Uh, yeah, it's up there, especially when you look at at five thousand and above. Is is there is there does their price point concern you in terms of putting together a three you know three or four person stack? Yeah, I mean I think it's going to be tough. Which 
goes two ways. It's going to be, it's not like it's a team that you're likely to get to in cash games, but on the other hand, it's going to keep their ownership down in tournaments because there are pitchers that, that people are going to want to pay up for on this slate. There's plenty of stacks that you can use for value. We kind of saw it on yesterday's slate where it was only six games, but the White Sox came in relatively low owned despite a decent matchup because they were just really expensive and, and most of the other teams were cheap. I would fully expect that you see the same thing here because you just have more cheap teams that you can choose from. Like if you're using just using an optimizer to build lineups and not really factoring in anything other than projection, you're just going to get a bunch of different cheap stacks mixed in with your highest projected pitchers. And that's not going to get you to the White Sox. And so that's going to naturally keep the White Sox ownership down. But this team just has so much power and, and they're facing an unproven pitcher in Brady Singer, who's not a finished product. They, they very easily can get to him. And you also get Moncada and Grandal from the left side where they, they have more power, Moncada especially. So I, I think that it's a spot where, you know, Alex mentions it a lot, paying up to be contrarian. You're not just trying to spend a bunch of money for no reason to be different, but you're getting a team in the White Sox that has a ton of power. So there's an actual reason that you're paying the extra money. And the fact that they will be contrarian just gives you even more incentive to do it because it makes it easier for you to win the tournament. Now, when we look at uh, the probably the best pitching matchup of the day, that's going to be the Cardinals and the Cubs. You Darvish and Jack Flaherty, they are the high price options. Uh, you know, Fanduel eleven thousand two hundred for you Darvish, nine thousand seven hundred for Flaherty. Uh, on the other side of it, when it goes over to Yahoo, it's fifty seven dollars for Darvish, fifty one dollars for Flaherty, and then over on DraftKings. Uh, it is you, Darvish, is 11000 Flaherty, 9400 Yeah, I think the pricing is pretty fair here. You know, obviously both of these pitchers are really good. You have Jack Flaherty, who is kind of working his, his way back after missing a few weeks, but he's thrown 41, 64, and 83 pitches his last three times out, went five innings in each of his last two. I would assume he can get 90 to 100 pitches here, can probably give you around six innings, and it's not a, a great matchup against the Cubs. It's not a terrible matchup. And Flaherty is a good pitcher. Um, so far this year, his numbers are down a little bit, only a 23% strikeout percentage for him this year. Uh, last year, he came in striking out 35% of righties, 25% of lefties. This year, uh, really similar splits, um, just kind of worse against lefties. 33% strikeout percentage against righties, 17% against lefties. So he is someone that I, I do pay attention to as far as you know, how many lefties is he facing. The Cubs typically do have a pretty left-handed heavy lineup, which downgrades Flaherty a little bit. Um, on the other side for Darvish, he's just been absolutely outstanding this year. 30.8% strikeout percentage, only walking 4.5% of, of hitters, which is a really big deal for Darvish because there was that stretch last year, the first half of the season really, where he was a double-digit walk guy, and then he just fixed it and, and basically became an ace, and he's, he's still doing it now. So I think Darvish has really been one of the best pitchers in the league so far this year. The Cardinals aren't my favorite team to, to take pitchers against, but they're also, you know, it's not like they're the Astros or, or the Dodgers. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that as long as the ownership on Darvish doesn't get too out of control, he'll be one of my favorite pitchers here. Um, I, I do think you'll want to pay attention to the ownership though, since he is the most expensive pitcher. And since there are plenty of high upside options elsewhere, if his ownership's coming in somewhere, you know, 40, 50% in large field tournaments, you can start to, to move away and, and take a chance on some of these other guys. Yeah, I think especially when you're talking about FanDuel with uh, the one-pitcher slay, I mean, that, that's going to be key to look at those ownerships. In terms of the bats, um, you know, does a Cubs stack stick out to you? No, not not really. I mean, both of these pitchers I just have a lot of respect for. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, unless 
maybe if, if the win right now it doesn't look like we're supposed to, but if we get like a, a Wrigley win game or something, then, then maybe uh, my opinion changes. But I, I think both of these pitchers are just really good. Uh, next up, we've got the Astros and the Angels. Lance McCullers is going to go for the Astros. Dylan Bundy is going to get the start for the Angels. Yeah, two two good pitchers here. Um, Bundy has been really good for the Angels so far this year. He has a 27.2% strikeout percentage, 3.78 xFIP. He's looked a lot more like the pitcher that we were hoping that we were going to have in Baltimore for for most of his career. That he would kind of tease us that he was going to get there and then it would go away. But obviously, a really tough matchup here going against Houston. Um, Bundy comes in at a really expensive price point too, at 10,400 on DraftKings. That's pretty much going to take him off the board for me. Outside of you know, if you wanted to roster him at 5% owned in large field tournaments then by all means. But, you know, I think being sandwiched between Darvish and Carrasco is going to make it pretty tough to get there. Um, as far as McCullers goes, kind of interested there. You know, he started out the year really, really rough. And he's a pitcher that in general, I have a really hard time like diagnosing when something's wrong with him because he's such a unique pitcher. All the stuff that I normally look at doesn't really mean a whole lot when you look at McCullers. So um, it, it's good to see that in three of his last four starts, he's gone out and, and been good. Um, five, seven, two and seven strikeouts his last four times out um decent matchup against the angels they're a team that i've mentioned it a couple of times recently but their aggregate strikeout percentage is really low if you look at their starting lineup but it's not that bad of a team to take pitchers against because the aggregate is driven down by fletcher simmons Pujols, and um rendon not striking out a lot everyone else in that lineup strikes out um at least at an average rate if not more um justin upton joe adele anthony Benboom all strike out a ton so there there is strikeout upside here from the colors the salary is affordable i think that He'll probably, obviously I don't have projections done yet, but I think he'll probably project a little bit higher than Corbin Burns in this mid-range. Um, that means that he'll probably also be a little bit higher owned than Corbin Burns. But I, I think that both of those guys give you a really high ceiling. McCullers has struggled on the road this year. Is that a concern for you? Not really. Um, you know, Houston is a favorable park for pitchers, despite it being a park that you can hit home runs if you, um, you know, obviously just hit a fly ball to left field. Other than that, it, it does favor pitchers, especially with how often the roof is closed. But um, it's not like you're going into a, a great hitter's park um, in L.A. You know, obviously it does favor hitters a bit more since they moved the right field ball in last year or the year before. But, uh, yeah, I mean, not, not, not too concerned about that. In terms of the bats in this game, is there, is there someone that you would call your favorite bat in this one? Um, another one where a lot of I feel or I like both pitchers a lot. I would say that if I'm going to one side, I mean Trout obviously is this kind of always the favorite, but he's really expensive. Um, Shohei Otani at 4700, you could get there just based on talent. He's a really good hitter and he's cheap or cheaper than his his power suggests. But on the other side, you do have uh, Michael Brantley at 3400, probably hitting third. That would that looks like a pretty good value. Uh, next up, uh, before we get to our next game, which is going to be the Rangers and the Mariners, do want to let you know about the Osmo Plus MLB Weekly Pass, where you can get access to all the great tools you hear us talk about on all the MLB shows, like if you heard us talk about the ownership projections. Also, we got the top pitchers tool, player projections, ownership projections. So to get access to all those, sign up right now for an Osmo Plus MLB Weekly Pass for fifteen ninety five. All you got to do is go to Osmo.com. Forward slash join. I mentioned next game we're going to talk about is Texas and the Mariners. Kyle Cody is going to be going on the mound for the Rangers, and the Mariners just uh, announced uh, that you say is going to get the start for them. Yeah, so Kikuchi, I kind of had mentioned earlier that, that I was interested in. 
um, multiple reasons here. For one, he's facing the Rangers, which has just been basically the the best team he can face this year from a DFS standpoint. But on top of that, Kikuchi, you know, came over with some fanfare and some hype from Japan last year, and just frankly sucked. But this year, he's he's been better. Um, he's had a really, really, really difficult schedule, which kind of drives his his numbers down. Like he comes into this game with a six point one ERA, but you look at teams that he's faced and they they've been good. Yet he still struck out twenty five point seven percent of hitters. Um, he's only allowed point three six home runs per nine. His xFIP is three point four three. So you have an xFIP here that's about three full runs below his ERA, suggesting that he's gotten you know pretty unlucky there. I think he's really clearly underpriced. He's throwing much harder this year than he has in the past. Uh, his fastball velocity this year, he's averaging um, 94.9 miles per hour on, or, or a little over 94, about 95 miles an hour on his fastball. Last year, he averaged about 92 and a half miles an hour on his fastball. So you've seen the fastball um velocity come up he also has added a cut fastball this year that he didn't have last year that's getting a ton of swinging strikes it's basically a totally different pitcher than we saw last year he's much 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 better strikeout stuff is much better gets a good matchup against the rangers this is i fully expect like I, i've been playing three max and not 150 max but i fully expect i have kikuchi in all three of my three max lineups tomorrow if i were playing 150 max i think he would probably be my highest own pitcher there too yeah you mentioned about the matchups that he's had this year and i'll, I'll point Who's the worst offense he's gone against? He's gone against Houston, Oakland, Colorado, the Dodgers, and the Padres. Yeah, I mean, Colorado would be the worst, I think. Um, but, you know, there even, they, they still obviously have some right-handed power. But uh, it, it's felt like pretty almost every start this year. It's just been the Dodgers, the Astros, the Padres. Yeah, um, I mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like you said, he's made, he's made five starts, and it's at Houston, Oakland, Colorado, Dodgers, Padres. So there's one start in there where you actually would expect him to, to do well. Yeah, his best start was against Oakland back on, on the first, uh, where he had nine strikeouts uh, in that game, a nine pitches thrown. So yeah, it's it's been a tough one in terms of uh, the hitting in this spot. You mentioned about uh, liking Kikuchi in that spot. Uh, what about some of these Seattle bats? Yeah, looking up now to kind of see what I can find on um on Kyle Cody. I don't off the top of my head know anything about him, so pulling him up now. Um, He's 24, oh, sorry, 26, uh, former sixth round pick, not a, a high prospect. Fangraphs has him as the 26th prospect on Texas, so doesn't look like the pedigree's there. Hasn't pitched above high A. He pitched at high A in 2017, five innings in rookie ball in 2018, and then didn't pitch in 2019, so must have been hurt or in like Korea or something. Um, Steamer projects him for 8.3 strikeouts per nine, a 4.89 FIP. Seems like a below average you, you would expect him to be a below-average pitcher here. So, um, obviously, Seattle, not the, the scariest offense, but you do have some power with Kyle Seager, with uh, Kyle Lewis. J.P. Crawford at the top is not you know the worst uh, hitter either, especially when you consider he's a shortstop. So, you're never going to be excited about getting to the Mariners. It's just not a, a very good offense, not to mention they just traded away Austin Nola, so now you don't even have like an appealing catcher option. Um, but I don't really think that Kyle Cody should be very good. Uh and moving on to the next game, we've got the Rockies and the Dodgers. Dustin May is going to get the start for the Dodgers. Antonio Cincizella is going to get the start for the Rockies. And, of course, this is a game in L.A., not Colorado, so we're not talking about a, a Coors Field stack. Yeah, it's the thing is, you know, Dustin May comes in at 8,700 facing the Rockies. 
I don't really – I still just don't know what the deal is with Dustin May. His stuff is really, really good. He's got one of the nastiest two-seam fastballs I've ever seen. Averages like 97-plus miles an hour with a ton of movement. Uh, has you know pedigree as, as a top pro- one of the top pitching prospects in baseball. But he's just never been, you know, at, at least outside of like A-ball, he's never been a really, really high strikeout guy. Uh, he struck out 25.8% at double A in 2019. Uh, 21.1% at AAA in 2019. So far this year, he struck out 16% in the majors. You know, gets gets ground balls, does a good job of, of limiting runs, but it kind of just seems like his salary is priced to his prospect status and, you know, kind of like his, his ability as opposed to what he actually typically gives you from a DFS standpoint. So the Rockies outside of cores are always a team that you're interested in taking pitchers against. But I, I have trouble getting to May over like uh, Lance McCullers or Corbin Burns, um, or even, you know, if I can, finding the money for Jack Flaherty, just because I'm not convinced that this guy is at a point yet where he's going to rack up strikeouts. Yeah, two starts to go, he went up against this Rockies team at home. He went five innings, uh, only had one strikeout. Like, when you see numbers like that, that kind of, it's, to me, that becomes buyer beware. Yeah, and, and like I said, it's not like we're talking about someone that, like he was great in the minor leagues but not from a strikeout standpoint. It's not like you're talking about someone that was striking out everyone at AAA and then through his first handful of starts in the majors isn't getting it done. Like I, looking at his minor league numbers, I have concern about how he projects as a strikeout pitcher. And then you're seeing those concerns so far uh, come to fruition. Like there's no reason he should be as bad at getting strikeouts as he is, but that's a stat that stabilizes quickly. And the fact that he's pretty consistently been not very good at it is is a problem for me when he's priced like a a very good major league pitcher. Yeah, to me, there's just when you look at that price point, there's just better options on the board at that range. Right, right. It's like you look at May, and the thing is too is typically, and obviously I don't know what it'll be, but typically May gets some ownership too because of his yeah. his prospect status and because normally he's a pretty big favorite because he pitches for the Dodgers. But you look and just think, like, do I want to pay $8,700 for a guy who has really good stuff but hasn't really put the strikeouts together and hope that he does it in this start? Or do I want to roster the guy in Corbin Burns who's in a tough matchup but strikes out 35% of hitters or roster Lance McCullers who has, you know, the, the track record of getting strikeouts in the major leagues? I, I don't – unless the ownership shakes out differently than I'm expecting it to, I don't really see why I would prefer Bur- uh, May there. Do you like bats on both sides here? Not I don't I don't really like the Rocky side. Um, May does do a good job of getting ground balls. He he is a good pitcher. I think he's he's not someone that uh, you expect to have a lot of success hitting against, and that's reflected in the three and a half implied run total for Colorado, which is another reason I think May gets a lot of ownership. Um, for Senzatella though, he's someone that that pitches to contact, doesn't miss a lot of bats, generally can do a decent job of of limiting power. Uh, this year so far, he's allowed a lot of one thirty four ISO to lefties, one sixty seven to righties. Since last year, um, a 193 ISO to lefties, 173 to righties. So it does an okay job there. But whenever you have someone that, that doesn't miss bats and is now going to be letting guys like Mookie Betts and Corey Seager and Max Muncy and Cody Bellinger and Jack Peterson all actually hit the ball, uh, that that's kind of a recipe for disaster. So I think the Dodgers will be a, a good team to get to the bats. And they're kind of similar to the White Sox in that the top part of this order is really expensive. So it'll keep the ownership in check somewhat. Um, the that, the bottom of the order gives you some value, some value looking like Jack Peterson and, and AJ Pollock, but it'll be tough for people to get that full Betts, Seager, Muncy, Bellinger stack without sacrificing a pitcher. So it should keep the Dodgers stacks uh, exposure or ownership in check. Next up, we got the Padres and the Athletics. Zach Davies uh, scheduled to go for the Padres. 
Officially, the A's have not announced their starter, but we're expecting that's going to be Jesus Lazardo going on the hill for them. Yeah, Zach Davies is a really, really interesting one, too. Um, at first glance, like you, you look and you have May, Davies, McCullers, and Burns, and, and Davies just jumps off the page as someone that doesn't belong in that price range. But he's, so far this year, actually been very, very good. He's struck out 23.3% of hitters overall, which for Davies is, is high. But if you look... And, you know, if you look at his splits, he's struck out 30% of righties. Uh, he's struck out 17% of lefties. One thing that stands out as a big difference is that Davies' best pitch is his changeup. And typically you'll see pitchers where their, their best pitch is their changeup that sometimes they struggle with um, same-handed hitters and they don't get the same strikeout numbers. And that's been the case in the past as far as strikeout numbers go. But this year he's gone from throwing his changeup 28% to 42% to righties, he gets a 20-plus percent swing and strike percentage on it. So it's an example of someone just throwing his best pitch now and not caring who's hitting, and turns out righties can't hit it either. So I, I don't think that he maintains a 30% strikeout percentage to righties for the entire season, or you know if this were a full-length season. But I do think that he's a, a much better strikeout pitcher than he has been in the past, and he's going to face a predominantly right-handed lineup from the A's. So um, another one where, you know, I'm not going to feel too comfortable about Davies, but I do think that it's someone to keep an eye on in tournaments because any projection system that is worth using is going to factor in his previous seasons, you know, pretty heavily, but there's evidence that he should be looked at differently just based on, on the pitches he's throwing now. So I think he'll naturally be under projected across the industry and that will lead to lower ownership than maybe he, he really should have here. Yeah, I mean, when you look at in terms of the DraftKings prices, Davies eighty five hundred. You know, we just mentioned two hundred dollars more is Dustin May. Like right. to me, I would be more interested in Davies than I would be May. I think I actually am too. Which especially, you know, if you told me they were the same ownership, I would lean towards May, I guess. But yeah, they're not going to be the same ownership. Like you're talking about Dustin May as a massive favorite here, and Zach Davies is someone that has been around for you know, five, six years and, and always has a 16% strikeout percentage. So th there's basically no way that the ownership is even close to May, at, you know, for Davies. And, and that makes him a, a solid tournament pivot because, you know, again, you can you can talk all you want about how good Dustin May's stuff is, but in reality, his range of outcomes isn't really different than Zach Davies. These are both pitchers that, uh, you know, Davies prior to this year and May ever haven't put, haven't shown the ability to get strikeouts. So I think the range of outcomes is, is a lot more, a lot more similar than people are going to think. Obviously, when people talk about the Padres bats, Tatis and Machado are going to be the first two bats that come to mind. Is there a favorite Padre bat not named Tatis and Machado in this one? Um, I mean, yeah, those are those are obviously the favorites, especially going up against the lefty and Lazardo, because uh, Trent Grisham, Eric Hosmer, Mitch Moreland, Jake Cronenworth, these guys are all going to you know have that lefty lefty matchup. I think that there's a chance you get jerks and Profar toward the top of the order again. He led off in yesterday's game against Andrew Heaney. I wouldn't be surprised if you saw him lead off again. If that's the case, he's he's very inexpensive, and you know you can go to him. Also, keep an eye out for Mateo to be in the lineup. I mentioned him on the show before yesterday's slate, but uh, he's got an, he's got 80 grade speed, which it's, it's on a scale of 80. It's as good as you get. You don't really see that very often. So even though he's not necessarily a great hitter. Um, if he gets on base, he's stealing. So if Mateo is in the lineup, he'll be a, a high upside value as well. And then the final game of the night is the Diamondbacks and the Giants. Taylor Clark going to get the start for the Diamondbacks. Tyler Anderson going to get the start for the Giants. Are, are you buying Oracle Park as a hitter's park now? Not as a hitter's park. I, I don't think that it's the same. It, it, it's not the same, uh, you know, 
great, you know, amazing pitcher spark as it was moving the fences in. But, you know, still you're not going to go from drastically the worst uh, park in the league to, to a favorable hitter's park just by moving the fences in eight, eight feet or whatever it was, I don't think. Um, so I, I'm, st- I'm not sold on that. But uh, I think that both of these pitchers, not really guys that I'm, I'm interested in here. Tyler Anderson is someone that I have interest in at times. I, I think that he actually has pretty decent stuff and that – you know, it just sucked for him that he happened to, to be on the Rockies early in his career. But when you have Dane Dunning at, at 5,800 and you say Kikuchi at 5,700 on this slate, I don't think I really need to go to, to Tyler Anderson. Um, Taylor Clark is someone that I just don't have interest in either. Um, if I were going to go to bats, I think Alex Dickerson looks uh, like a pretty solid value. He's got power from the left side. So does Brandon Belt uh, going up against Clark. So I, I think those guys both look pretty good. Um, and then Christian Walker... Eduardo Escobar both are, are pretty favorably priced on Arizona. Uh, you know, in terms of uh, obviously San Francisco had a couple of games here where they've been. Uh, if you had that stack, you've done really well for them. Um, you know, and sometimes you know some people are like, you know what? I just like to having games late in the day, so I have a chance late at night. Is San Francisco someone that you would uh, say be on the lookout for when looking at that top stack tool, ownership tool, things along those lines? They're okay. I'd have trouble just because of the park. And also, you know, not, not just the park, but you have to keep in mind that it's probably going to be like 60 degrees here. And you know, obviously we're into September. You're not getting quite the same heat and humidity in some of these other stadiums, but you're still not getting 60 degrees and the ball's just dying in the air. So um, I wouldn't say they're one of my favorite stacks. I do, you know, like I said, I do think that Dickerson and, and Belt look like pretty solid values individually. Uh, of course, uh, we all know that football is right around the corner. I want to let you know about a great deal we have over at awesomeo.com. Sign up today for an Awesome Plus NFL monthly pass for 25% off when you use the promo code SLEEPER at checkout. This gives you access to all of Awesome's leading player projections, ownership projections, premium content, and more for NFL DFS. But wait, there's more. We here at Awesome are excited to bring you our our inaugural season-long fantasy football and best ball draft kit, and you'll get this for free with your NFL annual pass. This limited title offer is available through September 9th, where you get a month of Osmo Plus, NFL, and the draft kit, an $80 value for only $38. Sign up by clicking the Osmo Plus tab on the Osmo.com homepage. Are you, are you, uh, have, you, have you already started your uh, NFL drafts? Yeah, I've been doing a bunch of the best balls. Um, I, I've been, yeah, I've been doing a bunch of best balls on DraftKings. I'm excited for Yahoo to uh, get their their NFL content up. That was or their their NFL contests up. That was um, one of my best sites that I played on last year. Uh, but yeah, um, and, and actually doing a um, season long draft tonight with uh, on NFFC. So yeah, definitely definitely getting into it. Yeah, man, it's crazy. We're one week away from the first game. Yeah, it, it really snuck up. Like I've been putting off getting into best balls, and in my head, for whatever reason, it was just like, oh yeah, you know, it's still two, three months early. And I saw someone like tweet, you know, oh football starts in three weeks, and I was like, oh, I guess I should start drafting. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, man, it's right around the corner. I I was doing my first stadium walkthrough the other day, and they're like, oh yeah, yeah, our first game's in twelve days. I'm like, oh yeah, it is right around yeah. the corner. It's it just I because the weird thing is is because of the of NBA being on. So I'm not right. thinking NFL's right around the corner. Right. Yeah. And NBA's still on and MLB just started. So it, it, yeah. to me, it feels like we're in May or June. Exactly. It's it's just a weird, weird year we're in. Of course, uh, Adam, let everyone know they can follow you out on social media, man. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at ShipMyMoneyDFS. 
course, you can follow me at Jason underscore Floyd. I will be hosting the strategy show and live before lock tomorrow on Friday, 11 a.m. for the strategy show. And then live before lock will be at uh, 6 p.m. Eastern time. So be sure to check out that and all the shows we have over here. Awesome. Also be sure to check out our sponsor Yahoo daily fantasy sports. They now have CSV upload and CSV edit features. So go over there, put your lineups in there at Yahoo daily fantasy sports. So let's go wrap it up for this edition of the MLB early bird podcast right here on awesome. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing chumba casino coincidence. I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.